This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. Hebrews 3 and 14 says, For if we were faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, mm -hmm, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Anybody see where we heading? Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Uh -huh. Ain't nothing but the devil. Okay? Because the eighth verse said, this persuasion uh -huh, that's persuading you away cometh not of him that calleth you. So there ain't nobody but the devil. Mm -hmm. And whoever he got working. All right. So we're going to 2 Chronicles 14, 1 through 6. And then I'm going to skip over to chapter 16. All right. We ready? I need y'all to go with me. We're going to talk about Asa, King Asa. When Abijah died, he was buried in the city of David. Then his son Asa became the next king. There was peace in the land for 10 years. Now y'all keep, keep the story in your mind now. King Asa did what was pleasing and good in the sight of the Lord his God. He removed the foreign altars and the pagan shrines. He smashed the sacred pillars and cut down Asherah poles. He commanded the people of Judah to seek the Lord the God of their ancestors, and to obey his laws and commands. Asa also removed the pagan shrines as well as the incense altars from every one of Judah's towns. So Asa's kingdom enjoyed a period of peace. He was following the Lord. During those peaceful years, he was able to build up the fortified towns throughout Judah. No one tried to make war with him at this time for the Lord was giving him rest from his enemies but now I'm skipping down to chapter 16 and as you know time has gone by now we're in the 36th year of Asa's reign see now time don't went by 36 years don't went by King Basha of Israel invaded Judah and fortified Ramah in order to prevent anyone from entering or leaving King Asa's territory in Judah. So Asa responded by removing, listen carefully, removing the silver and gold from the treasuries of the temple of the Lord and the royal palace. He sent it to King Ben-Hadad of Aram, who was Ruling in Damascus along with this message. Let there be a treaty between you and me, like the one between your father and my father. See, I am sending you silver and gold. Break your treaty with King Basha of Israel so that we, he can leave me alone. Yeah. But skip down to verse 7. At that time, Hanani, the seer, the prophet, uh, came to King Asa and told him, because you have put your trust in the king of Aram instead of in the Lord your God, you missed your chance to destroy the army of the king of Aram. 
He done jacked up. Mm -hmm. Don't you remember what happened to the Ethiopians and Libyans uh, at their, in their vast army with all their chariots and charioteers? Uh -huh. At that time, you relied on the Lord, and he handed them over to you. The eyes of the Lord searched the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What a fool you have been. From now on, you will be at war. You can't play with God. Asa became so angry with Hanani for saying this that he threw him into prison and put him in stocks. At that time, Asa also began to oppress some of his people. Well, let's look at the summary of Asa's reign. The rest of the events of Asa's reign from beginning to end recorded in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. In the 39th year, all right, now now 39 years don't went by of his reign, Asa developed a serious foot disease. Even with the severity of his disease, he did not seek the Lord's help, but turned only to his physicians. So he died in the 41st year of his reign. He was only between 59 and 63 years old. So but from some time, from the time he was 18 or 22 when he started reigning to when he is uh, uh, in his 41st reign, he turned on the Lord. Mm -mm -mm. He drifted. King Asa started well, but he did not end well. You did run well. Who hindered you? The beginning of our journey is as important as the end. The apostle Paul says we must run well through to the finish line. You can't start the race off. Ooh, take off. Woo! And then somewhere in the middle, you just standing there drinking coffee. Oh, I'm gonna have me some ice cream, have a hamburger and some chicken. And meanwhile, the other runners are still running. Mm. He said we have to run well through to the finish line. We do not want to be like Asa who started well but ultimately ended in failure. King Asa began as a king who lived his life right and worshiped God. During his reign, the state of Israel was triumphant and peaceful. As, as, as time went by, Asa's heart Drifted. Somebody say drifted from God, and he began to rely on the Syrians as security for the nation of Israel instead of relying on God. Asa makes a treaty uh, with Syria to strengthen himself against Israel, and I don't see nowhere where God told him to do this. Here is where he sunk real low in his drifting. In his flesh, he took from the treasure that belonged to the house of the Lord and gave it to Ben-Hadad to bribe him to break his league with Baasha and be in league with him, Asa. Thus, God was robbed so that the unbelieving king might find help in the arm of the flesh, says Spurgeon. He had drifted far from the peaceful shore. Anybody ever drifted away from God's will? Mm. 
Anybody walked away from God's will, and sometimes you might not know you were doing it, you were slowly moving away, doing things your own way, making your own decisions. And we moved away from God's will. So our subject today is you're drifting away. Uh, Repent yes. and end well. Yes. With most of the day, the last day prophecies have already been fulfilled. And Jesus is just about ready to return. Mm. I don't think this is the time for us to be drifting away. Drifting really is another word for what? Backsliding, quitting, forsaking, rejecting Jesus, giving up, la deriva in Spanish. No matter how you want to say it, we have no time for none of that. We got to stay focused on the will of God. You know that you're drifting when you say things like this. I'm setting my ways. This is the way I do things. Y'all don't like it? Too bad. You drifting. What if your way is not right? You ever thought about that? Or how, uh, this is how I was taught. What if you were taught wrong? Or even half wrong? It's possible and most, most likely probable. God hates a proud look. Yeah. You think way too highly of yourself and your way. Uh. We talked about King Asa. Let's talk about Eli. He started well, but did not end well. Eli is well known because he helped raise the prophet Samuel, serving as a priest and judge for 40 years. His worst betrayal was that Eli devalued the Lord God to keep the peace with his two sons. He would rather keep peace with his kids, agree with them, not tell them they're wrong, rub them down, keep them happy, than to tell them the word of the Lord. What could have been a godly legacy ended in disaster? King David started well. He looked like he wasn't going to end well. But what did he do to change the course of his errors he made? Somebody say he repented. Oh, yes, we got to repent. He turned around. He said sorry, sincerely, several times. And the Lord did what? Restored him. We can be restored right now. We don't have to go to a devil's hell because the devil is dangling stuff in front of our face. You tell the devil, no, you go. I'm not going with you. I want to see Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you got to do it. You got to stay like that for the rest of your life. Rest of your life. Sometimes the older we get, like Asa, David, and Eli, the less we adhere to rules and proper practices that we held ourselves and kids to when we were younger. Uh -huh. Oh, you don't uh, uh, go to bed without taking a shower. You don't go to bed without brushing your teeth. That is unheard of. We don't do that in this house. Now, you going to bed without brushing your teeth, oh. taking your shower. Y'all, you understand what I'm saying? I'm just, that's just a small example. 
I have seen so many leaders of the faith, pastors, bishops, households, the head of the household, who started with the strictest godly teachings to the family and the church they led. They held the members and their family and themselves to these practices for decades. And then as they begin to get older, started breaking the rules themselves. The standards they had held to for all these years. There are preachers that I can name now that I would listen to because I knew that I would hear the word of God. Unadulterated, no tricks and scams. Just give me the truth. They began to slip away. From those standards as they got older. Mm. Frankly, that hurt me. Because I'm like, okay, is anybody living saved for the duration? Is anybody sticking with God until death do us part? Why is this? Why is this that we, the longer we stay, we start drifting? What's that all about? Could it be there's some mental illness developing that may need psychiatric or medication? Maybe. Or is it possible they feel some sense of entitlement? Mm. Mm. A deservingness. Well. I deserve this. I deserve that. I've been serving for a long time. I'm the mother. I'm the father. I can set the way. I say what will and what won't be. I'm the oldest. I'm the bishop. I could do what I want. Mm. Um, that's not the right attitude. No, no, no. It's the you owe me attitude. We announce to everyone how long we have been in this walk and somehow feel I have done enough. And the Lord understands. He knows what I've been through. That's all in your head because that's not the word of God. That's not the word. Stick with the word. Yes. Sorry, but our age. Our length of service and life issues do not change the word of God for us. Of course he's gracious. God is gracious, yes, but it never excuses you to live a life of sin. No, no excuse. Somebody say no excuses. The word of God actually tells us that we ought to be an example and teach the word to those younger. Uh, as we get older, I'm 56, okay, and there's other people in here older than me. We have a job, and our job is to live as an example of Christ. We should not be slipping and sliding all over the place, doing all kind of stuff, and, and making up excuses. Well, I'm old now. I done served all these years, so I can have a little this and that on the side and a little man over here, and I can go over here and do all this. Uh, 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 no, the word has not changed. It didn't move. It's the same word when you were 15 years old. It's the same one when you came to the Lord at 16. The word has not changed. But it did give you some responsibilities as an older person. The older women should do what? Teach the younger. That's what the scripture said. All right. Mm -hmm. 
So what we need to do is serve the Lord just as the first day you served them. Pastor posted on Facebook, if you love the Lord less than you did yesterday, then you're backsliding. Think about it. How you love the Lord less than you did yesterday? That means you're moving away from the Lord. Because the more you get closer to him, the more you're going to love him. The more you're going to love him. And we're being a stumbling block to the younger. Sometimes we take advantage of the respected parental or leadership position God has given us. We look at the younger age of a person and we walk all over them. We look at the lower title position. You know how we look at the position. Oh, he ain't nothing but a deacon. Oh, excuse me. I'm the bishop. You just a little brother. You just a little usher in the back. Oh, no. Because last time I checked, everybody from the pulpit to the door has to receive Jesus as their personal savior. Or you're not going to see Jesus. There's no heaven without Jesus. We all have to receive him. From the, from the pulpit to the door. Everybody's covered. Everybody. That's what the word said. It's not me. That's what, that's what it said. I'm just saying. I'm just reading what the word said. Okay. We speak to these quote unquote lower titled and younger people in a condescending way. Because this makes us feel like we're up above. I'm the great one. We are standing on their backs, lifting ourselves up, feeling like we should be kings and queens and everyone should be our servants. I've seen it for years. And guess what I do when I see it? I run the other way. I can't be around that. Not good. Looking at Samuel, David, and Eli, there were issues with their kids. Now I'm going to get a little bit more practical which came in part from the parents. You know how they say whatever you, uh, you're eating, it goes into the child. Yeah, yeah. However you raise your child, that's what's in them. And if somebody don't get to them and correct stuff, it's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. If the word of God don't get to them, there might be a problem. Yeah. So a lot of stuff that David and, and Samuel did or did not do because sometimes it's what they didn't do mm-hmm. Some, sometimes they didn't correct them when they needed to you know so it's sometimes it's what you don't do some things you don't say you know oh well my parents were so hard so I'm just going to let my child do this and that I'm not going to correct them they should be able to make their own decisions and their own choices meanwhile they ain't nine they don't know what and then you letting them make their own decisions? I think not. David's son Amnon raped his own sister. This is in the king's house. Then his other son Absalom killed Amnon and tried to take the kingdom from his father David. Eli's son were men of greed and lust. They used their authority as priests to extort from the people the best of the meat brought before them for sacrifice. It was for sacrifice. Mm-hmm. How they taking it for themselves. Well. 
In essence, they were taking their portion before giving God his portion. And they committed adultery with the women who served at the sanctuary entrance. The ushers. Oh, hello? Mm. Samuel's son took bribes and perverted justice. One of the things I've learned as a parent is that there are absolutely no perfect parents. Somebody say no, no. perfect parents. Perfect parent. okay. If you think you're perfect, that's the sign that you're not. Yes. Well. <laughs> My parents were not perfect. Their parents were not perfect. Uh -huh. I'm not perfect as a parent. Some parents feel like because they gave birth to these now grown kids, that their kids owe them everything. What they owe you is respect. That's what the Bible said. Mm -hmm. Some parents feel they deserve all their kids' time, money, attention, and they will never admit that they have made mistakes with those kids. Some which have led these grown kids to be how they are today. Some of our errors that our parents made cause us to react in certain ways right now. We behave in certain ways in certain situations. Not all bad. Sometimes what they get is good. Because like my mom told me, she said, when you see a crowd... Uh, uh, coming together to fight and they, you know they getting ready to fight run the other way uh -huh. so when I see a crowd I run the other way I, when I tell my kids I say if you see I tell them the same thing if you see a crowd run the other way don't be trying to see what's going on because you can get stabbed you can get shot you don't know get the moving look at it on the news read it in the newspaper move Everybody running this way. I'm the only one going this way. Never mind. I'm not interested. No, no, no. Trying to save my little life, you know. Yes. Oh. oh, my God, my God. My sisters and I learned from our father to not let anyone stop us when we want to do something. So when one way doesn't work, we will immediately... Look for the next way to make it work. Yes, yes. Ask all of them. Trina, Gwendy, and me. What, oh, oh, that don't work? Okay, this is what we're going to do. And we already work. <laughs> but that might not be good all the time. Dad meant well. And I get it because in some situations, that's what you got to do. All right, we ain't going to cry over that. We moving over here. But sometimes you need to step back and say, oh, hold on a second here. Maybe the Lord don't want this to work. So stop trying all these things, Lisa. I have to talk to myself, Lisa. All right, hold on now. Wait a minute. Just relax. Are you in your flesh? Is that your flesh that wants to do that? I have to talk to myself. Some parents say, I'm always honest with my kids. But part of being honest is being honest about your mistakes. And what? Apologizing. If not, you are not really honest at all. When we have made mistakes, we need to apologize. If you only think about the other person. 
if you could just think about how the other person might feel, you would apologize. Sometimes all we think about is how we feel. We never consider what damage could have possibly been done with something you did or said. Sometimes my kids, now they older, they come to me and say, Mommy, you remember when so-and-so, so that really hurt me. Mm. And I'm like, it did? Didn't know? No, I didn't. One day I said, okay, so well, why? Because I know when I did what I did or said what I did, I meant it in a good way. But it didn't come across to them that way. And so when I talked to them, I want to find out, then what was it? You don't know what their mental state was at the time. Well, you don't know what else was going on. You, you just don't know. So while they're walking around with this hurt all these years, you need to apologize. I have apologized to my kids, even in this last year, because they told me something that, and I'm like, oh my, what? I said, that's what, oh, oh, oh Lord, Lord, forgive me. Lord, hugging them, kissing them, and you know, and you can, you know what? They just let it go. Yes. They let it go like Hallelujah. it never happened. Yes, yes. Because now they just got healed. It just lifted yes. up off of them. Yes. Simple as an apology. Yes. A real one. I'm not talking about one with excuses. Not that you shouldn't explain what you meant. I'm not saying that because sometimes you need to explain what you meant. But you have to allow them to say how they took it. The perception coming to them, you don't know. You're talking out your mouth, but you don't know what's going in them. What's in their hearts when they're receiving what you said. I'm talking to parents. Mm. Where we've made mistakes, we need to apologize. But we won't because even though that child is 25, 40, 50, 60 years old. You say, that's just my kid. I ain't got to apologize to him. He's just my kid. He's just my kid. Mm. That's bad. We want those kids, those grown kids, to respect and honor us, but we don't have any respect for them or who God has allowed them to be. Can you imagine Mary talking to Jesus all kind of ways? I don't care what you think, Jesus. I'm the mother. Uh, uh, uh. You're talking to the Lord. That's God in the flesh. The creator of heaven and earth. You don't care what he said. Uh, he just my kid. And that's how people do to their kids. Some, there's something about that that is something wrong and it's probably because it happened in their parents. Right. And in their parents, and you could keep going back, something went wrong. Right. We, have to, we have to examine this thing because at some point you gotta stop it. Yeah. You have to say, not in this house. <laughs> that happened in my parents' house, but not here. We ain't having that in here. I rebuke it. I cast it out. Every spirit does not like Christ. You got to go. You have to stop it or else it's just going to keep going to the next generation. And the next generation is just going to keep going. Uh -huh. We have to stop it. Uh -huh. So 
want our kids to respect and honor us, but we won't honor them or what God called them to be. And God has called some of your kids to great things. Yes. Greatness great. is in them. Uh-huh. And some of us are holding them back because we won't acknowledge them and apologize to them. It's so important. Mm. We can't even apologize. It's a sin before God. Yes. That's a sin before God. Sin. One Christian couple I read in the magazine, their testimony, they said many older adults don't find it easy to apologize and admit fault, especially to someone who is younger. A gentle word really did turn away wrath. That's the scripture. Mm. It had a soothing, calming effect on our children. It's hard to stay mad at a parent who is willing to apologize. Mm-hmm. A sincere, I'm sorry, is one of the most disarming phrases one can utter. Well. Maybe this is part of what the Lord meant when he told fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Do not exasperate your children. Instead, uh-huh. bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. That's Ephesians 6 and 4, if you want to look. Being willing to apologize also helps foster deep bonds and profound friendships with our now adult children. Me and my kids are like this. Trust me, you ask them. They'll tell you they'll do anything for me. They love me because what? I respect and love them. I will never keep the truth from them. They know I'm telling you the truth now. If you're wrong, I'm going to tell you. I will. In a jack second, I'll be like, um, well, well, no. Well, let's talk about come, 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 come. Let's talk. That's love. You don't keep the truth from your kids and let them do all this, whatever they want. No. Here's a, here's a quote on apologizing. Never ruin an apology with an excuse. Benjamin Franklin said that. Apologies aren't meant to change the past. Can't do nothing about it. It's gone. They are meant to change the future. So once that child gets released, you'll see your relationship come together so much better. Ah, yes. And the last quote, any apology, an apology, sorry, is the super glue of life. It can repair just about anything. Sometimes an apology can end the pain of the injured person. Hmm. Just an apology. Respect is not about age all the time. My supervisor is 34, 35. Y'all heard me say I'm 56. She's 34, 35. I'm I'm old enough to be her mom. But she's the one we all bring our questions to because she's trained in that for the last 10 years. While we were busy working in other areas and raising our kids, uh huh, she was developing this work. She was learning all the new things. Things were changing. New technology was being developed. Right now, I can't. I still don't know how to do the pivot tables correctly. If y'all know what I'm talking about, Excel pivot table, or the sum if formula. I'm like, Lord, have mercy. I said, Can you help me out, Vicky? Need a little help. She get on there training us, 
And the, the lady that's my, that works with me, uh, she's older than me. And Vicky's her Vicky 34, 35, she's training her too. And we respect her as our supervisor. Now, if she started trying to tell me something of how the Bible ain't right, then I'm going to say, okay, so now let me sit you down. Well, you want to tell me about children? Let me tell you something because that's where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so we respect her in her position. Now, look at Jesus. Oh, here we go. He was not the oldest person on earth when he came to save the world. He came as a baby. There were people already here. So all the people who were here before he was born should not respect and listen to him because he's younger. You remember the remark they made? He's not even 50 years old. They were saying, he's like, because he's talking about, uh, he was really being the God man because he was talking about he, he, he knew Abraham. He said, before Abraham, I am. Because that was God talking. We have to check our pride when you think a younger person can't help you. You can't apologize. If you can't respect them, you're wrong. I thank God for my mom because she's a good example of staying the course. If she thinks she's wrong, she's apologizing. I'm like, Mom, what you talking about? If she thinks she's wrong, she's apologizing, changing, repenting real quick. She said, I want to see Jesus. Anybody know? That's the example I've learned to be. Get right quick. Mm -hmm. Don't belabor. I'm wrong, Lord Jesus. Forgive me right away. First of all, you don't know when your last breath is. Number two, you don't know when he's coming back. We need to be ready. When you know something's wrong in your life, get it right now. Don't wait. When God calls and anoints a person, man, woman, boy, or girl, to do a job, a ministry, or operate in a gift, it doesn't matter how old they are, because the anointing of God takes precedence over all. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. So when you disrespect a younger person, especially one God has sent on assignment, you disrespect God. What you do to the least of these, you've done it to Jesus. Keep it in mind. My father, Pastor Norris, used to warn us that most Christians, remember Gwen? live most of their lives in a backslidden condition. Most of their lives in a backslidden condition. King Asa, King David, and Priest Eli were used by God undeniably, but were all living in backslidden conditions. If you read their stories. Asa used God's holy elements to make a carnal alliance. David slept with Bathsheba and then murdered her husband to cover it. Eli chose relationship with his sons over God's way. Uh-huh. I'm moving fast. I'm trying. How do we know when we are in a backslidden condition and drifting away, as the subject said? Well, we have to examine ourselves. Okay? Checklist time. Here we go. Richard Owen Robin lays 25 evidences of a backslidden condition. 
He expounds on each, but I'm just going to give you some of the points. Mm -hmm. In 25. <laughs> Consider them seriously. Yes. One, when prayer ceases to be a vital part of a professing Christian's life, backsliding is present. Mm. When the quest for biblical truth ceases, and one grows content with the knowledge of eternal things already acquired. I know enough about God. I know about the word. I know enough already. There is no mistake. Backsliding is present. Mm -hmm. When the biblical knowledge possessed or acquired is treated as external facts and not applied inwardly, backsliding. When earnest thoughts about eternal things cease to be regular and gripping. Mm. It should be like a warning light to the backslider. Mm. Did y'all catch that one? Mm. When the services of the church lose their delight, listen, I'm sick of this going to church stuff. I ain't got time for that. I got other things to do. Backsliding. Mm. When pointed spiritual discussions are an embarrassment. That is certain evidence of backsliding. Mm -hmm. When sports, recreation, and entertainment are a large and necessary part of our lives, uh -huh. you may assume backsliding is enforced. I know the pastor did not just schedule prayer on my game night. The game is on. Uh -huh. The Pistons are playing the ball. I don't even know if I'm saying the a, a, a basketball team with a basketball team. It is. Oh my goodness. When sin of the when sins of the body and of the mind, okay, you know we can sin in our mind, right? Yes. Can be indulged in without an uproar in your conscience. That's backsliding. You're not, it doesn't bother you that you're in the, you're living in sin. And you're saying that you're a Christian. Something's wrong with that. You got to go back and check. Check, 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 check. With aspirations for Christ-like, when aspirations for Christ-like holiness cease to be dominant in your life and thinking, backsliding. Mm -hmm. I know what the Bible says, but this is how I feel. Okay, the but's got to go. There's no but. Whatever Jesus said, that's it. When the acquisition of money and goods becomes a dominant part of your thinking, you have clear confirmation of backsliding. Mm. When you can mouth religious songs and words without heart, be sure you're backsliding. Just moving to the beat and the tune. And he said, repent and come to Jesus. Meanwhile, you move it and you had never heard that the word is saying repent. You still doing the same thing. Wow. The word, the song is not in your heart. You just move it to the beat. When you can hear the Lord's name taken in vain, spiritual concerns mocked, and eternal issues flippantly treated and not be moved to indignation and action, you're backsliding. When you can watch degrading movies on television and read morally debilitating literature, you can be sure you are backsliding. When the slightest excuse seems sufficient 
to keep you from spiritual duty uh. or an opportunity, you are that. Oh, well, I'm just feeling a little tired tonight. Mm. I don't have time for that tonight. When you become content with your lack of spiritual power mm. and no longer seek repeated endowments of power from on high, you are backsided. You know you have a weakness. You know it, but you won't seek after God to go grow in that area. And nobody's perfect. So then there's an area that we need to lay before the Lord. Turn your plate down. Fast and pray and just keep bringing it before the Lord. If you're not doing that and you know you have an issue, you're in a bad sleeping condition. And when I say you, I'm talking about me too. Because I read through this thing. I said, oh, child, you need to check yourself. There was a couple of them in here. I was like, mm, Lisa. All right, get on your knees. Listen, I'll listen. When the word come, I'm getting myself together. Yes. When you pardon your own sin and sloth by saying the Lord understands and remembers that we are dust, you are in a backslidden condition. The Lord understands I'm only human. He the one gave me these desires. Oh, Lord, child. When there's no music in your soul and no song in your heart, or the music that honors the prince of this world is what's ringing in your heart, Satan is what rings in your heart, that testifies of a backslidden condition. Mm. When you need to call Jesus and a, the, the booty song, what's the name of that song? Uh, the, the body song. Oh, I'm in love with your body. Y'all know that song. Um, never mind the body. The woman has a mind. There's more than a body to her. Yes. Hello? And that's in your mind. How you calling on Jesus when somebody's extremities are in your mind? Oh, Lord have mercy. When you are just happily to the world's lifestyle. Listen to that one. You are just happily to the world's lifestyle. Your own mirror is telling you you're in a backsitting condition. When your church has fallen into spiritual declination and the word of God is no longer preached there with power and you are still content, you're in a backsitting condition. Well. When the spiritual condition of the world declines around you and you cannot perceive it, Backslidden. When you are willing to cheat your employer, backslidden. I'm okay, okay. That's enough. I think y'all got the point. In conclusion, repent from your drifting. Turn around from your backsliding. Do not be deceived with your good works. It doesn't matter what good ritualistic things we are doing. Going to church without fail, reading the Bible every day. I read my Bible every day. Fasting, having prayer time. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Helping the sick and shut in, feeding the hungry. What does this matter when you are gossiping, be, being busy in other men's matters, mm -hmm. running people down, holding on to unforgiveness, sowing seeds of discord, and lying? Well... 
If you are still living in sin daily, habitually, without any remorse and effort to lay these sins aside in your life, then 1 John 2 says you're a liar. That's the Bible. I'm not saying it on my own. Verse 3 says, and hereby we do know that we know him if we what? Keep his commandments. He said, he that saith, I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar. Bible said, and the truth is not in him. Jeremiah 3 and 14 says, turn. Oh, backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married to you. In other words, repent. Uh It's time to make our calling and election sure. If there is any chance you are drifting away in this backsliding condition, it is time to come to the Lord and repent as David did. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. We want to pray the song that David prayed in Psalm 51. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.com. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.